if you don't really fully believe in yourself, if you don't really have that connection to your own worth and to your ability to serve in that way, and you're sort of still in that asking permission phase, well, we've got to move through that. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 46 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I have a quick question for you, my friends. What if instead of doing all the things, jumping through all the hoops, aiming at someone else's targets, we focused our lives around doing what fills us up and what makes us feel more alive right now? That's actually a question from today's guest who is going to help us do just that. She's going to help us feel more alive and more fulfilled than ever. We have Amber Lillystrom on the show today, and she is a transformational branding strategist, business performance coach, writer, and speaker based in New Hampshire. And you guys, you are going to love her. This episode is so much more than marketing or branding or any of those things. This is really just like a human soul-filled conversation about striving and achievements and self-worth and all of the things that our souls are really craving to have a conversation around. So a little bit about Amber before we jump into the episode. She previously spent 10 years working in collegiate athletics marketing before launching her business. She was a total badass in her industry already, but her heart was craving something more, even though she was already recognized as one of the best at what she did in the nation. She left that corporate career after a near-death experience she's going to tell us about, and that really served as the catalyst for her to transform her life from the inside out and kind of reawaken everything that she wanted her life to look like. From there, she built a seven-figure business from home home, homeschooled her daughter, and retired her husband from his stress-filled police career. I'm telling you, this might be superwoman. Like she is absolutely incredible. She creates her own rules and, you know, lives her life by design. Amber is also the creator of the Ignite Your Soul Summit and multiple life-changing online programs. Her mission basically is to empower women to position themselves as sought-after experts and thought leaders through social media, engagement marketing, and the creation of an online brand presence. But beyond that, you guys, she really is just encouraging women everywhere to like step into their power, become their highest selves, and turn all of the rules and all of the limiting beliefs on their head. So if you're ready to give up trying to win in this achievement system that doesn't belong to you, give up these old grooves that you're stuck in and give up, you know, people-pleasing patterns, all of the things that are holding you back, this episode is for you. Get ready to design a life, a career, and an ever-present state of being that feels like home no matter where your feet land. Really quickly, let's go through the review of the week. This one comes from I Love Twitter OMG. I feel like that's probably an outdated username. You guys should really start leaving your Instagram handle at the end of your review so I can address you with, you know, a modern day username. But this review comes from I Love Twitter OMG and the title is Wow, five stars. 
Wow is the best word I can use to describe Marie's podcast. Make sure you have a pen handy because her shows are so full of so much good stuff and you'll want to look back on what you wrote down. I love all of the guests she has on and all of the knowledge I learn from each one. She inspires me every day and teaches me so much in just a small amount of time. I look forward to each and every episode. Her knowledge, self-love, and wisdom are so helpful and she has helped me in many ways just by listening to her show. I highly recommend giving her a listen. Thank you so, so much. I don't know your name other than I love Twitter, but thank you so much. I really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. If you are currently listening and you left this review, please DM me on Instagram and send me your address and your shirt size so I can send you a little limited edition Grind and Be Grateful t-shirt as a token of my gratitude. And if you're not the review of the week, you can get a chance at being featured on next week's episode by leaving us a review on iTunes. Just head to iTunes on your phone or computer, search for the show, Grind to Be Grateful podcast, and then head over to the ratings and review section and leave us a review. And let us know what your favorite part of the show is, what you're enjoying, and you might just be next week's featured review. Thank you again. If you take the time to do it, it really only takes one minute, but means the entire world to myself and my team. This show really like takes a village and has a lot of people behind the scenes and they all appreciate your reviews so so much so thank you again and let's get into the episode okay okay wait before we jump into this episode i just have to tell you guys how freaking excited I am to start the next round of the Move, Nourish, Shine Collective. When this episode is going live, we have just about a week left of enrollment, and then we start the next round on May 6th. We already have this incredible group of ambitious women inside and room for a few more to join us, and I seriously cannot control my excitement for them because our eight weeks together will be absolutely life-changing. This program is like my heart and soul. It's my pride and joy. It's my favorite thing that I do. And I know that it's going to be transformational for every single woman that gets inside. And if you're a fan of this podcast, and especially if you tuned into this specific episode, I think you'll love what Move Nourish Shine is all about. Inside the collective, we combine fitness, nutrition, self-love, and all of the inner work that supports the confidence, the wellness, and the mindset that we all crave. So if you're ready to apply or want to learn more, just visit MoveNourishShine.com. I will leave a link in the show notes as well. But again, that is MoveNourishShine.com. Hey, Amber, thank you so, so much for being on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I absolutely love your show and following you on Instagram, so it's really cool to come full circle and have you on as a guest. Thank you, Maria. It's just an honor to be here, and ditto, sister. <laughs> thank you so much. So one thing that I'm really like just impressed by for you and something that I'm excited to hear more about is that you are just a Jill of all trades. Kind of like it seems like you have your hands in so many different things. You have so many cool experiences. And I definitely want to go deep into those in a couple minutes. But first, I would love for you to just share like a quick nugget of wisdom. Like what is a mantra that you use or something that you practice when you're feeling small and living in fear that like helps you step out of that place and play big and live up to your potential again. Mm. I love to say if the dream is in you, it's for you. 
Mm. And I remind myself of this often because the road to achieving dreams, just because the dream is for you doesn't mean that the road's not going to feel bumpy and scary Mm. and challenging. And so I use that mantra to ground myself and then also to resort or relate back to old experiences that I have had in my life that were challenging, you know, becoming a division one athlete and just the process of doing that. It's very physical, but also a a mindset challenge, you know, in my corporate career, the success that I've had and building a business from scratch and while raising a baby, you know, just so many examples of that. And so I kind of hearken back to them through those words and remember what I've overcome already and and use them as fuel to help motivate me in the direction of whatever this next dream happens to be. Mm-hmm. I love that so much because I think sometimes when we really let ourselves dream big, we almost scare ourselves with like what we are you know, the picture we're painting and the reality that we are letting ourselves dream about. And it's terrifying because we're like, how on earth am I going to make that happen? Like I have my clients do this kind of dream casting visualization and they're like, wow, I am just like amazed at what I was able to think of. And I always close by saying like, if you were able to imagine that for yourself, then you are able to accomplish it. Otherwise it wouldn't be like in your heart and in your head, you know, like what you can think of is what you can accomplish. Amen. 100%. Yeah. So I love that. I think that's like super in alignment with what I teach as well. And I think it's such a good grounding reminder when we're just kind of playing small and like afraid of what's next. And I mean, you gave us like a quick glimpse and I read your bio at the beginning, but I'm sure our listeners had a similar reaction to mine when I first discovered you of like, wow, she is so cool. She must have such an amazing story to have become the leader she is today and have played so many roles already. So with all of your years of experience and like like branding, sales and marketing, sports psychology, as a college athlete, like a spiritual awakening thrown in the mix. Can you tell us your story and how you became the soul and brand whisperer that you are today? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was a division one athlete. And I think just to give you like the smallest snapshot of little Amber who led into achieving that, you know, I, th- I think our stories really matter. I think our childhoods matter. I think the the former version of us, all of them matter because they're part of who got us to where we are today. And so Mm. my earliest memory sadly was of being sexually molested at three years old. And when I was five, I was testifying in court against my abuser and it was a pretty, you know, tumultuous way to start life. And I also know just being someone who studies psychology and brain science that, you know, it, it oriented me to having a lot of fear, you know, early, early on, because I was just kind of grappling with this and and knowing this as like sort of a normal, you know, of just kind of having mm. this chaotic experience in my life and the emotional unrest I've witnessed in my parents as they were supporting me through it. And, but I also learned early on, you know, by going to therapy and also having, being in like group therapy with other children, seeing what their level of challenge was. And then, getting really curious about why they were the way they were and what led to that and sort of like almost engineering in my mind, like the just deeply understanding and having really deep empathy and compassion. Um, I remember my mom saying really early on, you know, Amber hurt people, hurt people. And Mm. 
I didn't understand fully what that meant at the time, but I was so well served by just understanding that because it's helped me not only to forgive my abuser, but to just forgive other people on my journey that have hurt me in in various ways. And so that was an important foundation. And athletics was like church for me. It was a savior, especially when I became a soccer player. And I started playing soccer when I was nine. I was absolutely terrible at it. I had been a gymnast <laughs> up until that point. And I think back to it and I just like, oh, that sweet girl, you know, wearing her little, I had like a little dolphin ring I was so proud of. And I, I remember <laughs> I would like wear it to the soccer field and feel like a rebel, <laughs> like my, oh my little gosh. high water shorts. And like, I had my dolphin ring on. And I was like, whatever, I'm just going to like do this, you know? And yeah. The no jewelry role. No jewelry. And I was a rebel and I had my dolphin <laughs> ring. I remember just like knowing that my parents struggled financially and I didn't want to be a burden to them. And if I'm being honest, Marie, I already felt like I was a burden because of the pain that my experience caused my family. And it mm. that, like it breaks my heart to say that out loud, especially yeah. as a mom now, because I would never want my child to, you know, carry that kind of a burden. But we were all doing the best we could, you know, and and I know that, you know, and it is all good, but I remember this feeling of like this transactional understanding of love that I kind of created for myself. And it was like, well, if I, you know, if I don't rock the boat too much and if I'm really successful and if I just do well at things, then I'll be easier to love. You know, like I didn't say it like that in my head, but it's really how I felt it. Yeah. And as I've unpacked it as an adult, I can see, you know, how that went down. And so I knew that if I wanted to go to college, I had to be good at a sport. My dad was a collegiate athlete as well. So I saw that model and it made sense in my mind. And so I thought, I'm just going to commit myself to this. I'm going to be really good at this sport. And this is going to be like my thing, right? Like this is what I'm going to do. And I loved the game. I, I still play. I'm you know, 37 years old now and I still play once a week in a women's league. And again, it's still like therapy for me in church to go kick the ball around and be in my body and move like that and, and have mm-hmm. the camaraderie of a team and, and soul sisters and all that. So it was very much like a safe space for me to grow through soccer over the years. I did develop an eating disorder for about 15 years of my life, but I just kind of like hid that inside of my athletics. And it was the way I was trying to control emotion and make myself feel better. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of have my own number on it, but it just was what it was, you know? And so after college, I earned a position, you know, working in the athletic department that I had been a student athlete at. And it was basically just this low level marketing coordinator, no benefits. It was like $20,000 a year. And when they gave me the job description and told me everything, I was like, I thought I was rich. I thought it was like the greatest opportunity of my lifetime. I was so excited. I was like, okay, you're going to pay me $20,000. Like I've never even thought about that much money. Like if, you know, when you have just like little side jobs, you don't think about the lump sum of like what that's going to equal out to. And so I was down for it. You know, like I'll be able to pay for my apartment and yeah, like you bet I want that Mm -hmm. job. And I just poured myself into it in the same ways that I had as an athlete. And I learned a lot because marketing and branding is all about psychology. It's all about understanding fan psychology. It's about understanding how to create experiences for people to understand emotion and human emotion and human preferences. And I just became just like with myself as my own sort of mental, you know, psychological human experiment growing up, I was doing that in my job and it's always been sort of a superpower of mine. And so I became the one of the top sport marketing professionals in the country and was really doing well in my job, but started to desire something different. I had done some fitness competitions and I was introduced to this world of really amazing women who are entrepreneurs and they were doing things like network marketing, which I had never really heard of before. And they were doing, you know, they had their own gym businesses where women would come for 
for weekend training sessions and camps. And it was so fun. I was like, these women are just so different than the people that I spend my time with. Mm -hmm. And so I just really started taking notice and I started diving into more personal development and learning about, you know, just reading books like the four agreements and the, the desire map. And, you know, I just started kind of getting myself in that world in a bigger way. And the big catalyst was in 2013, I was pregnant with our first child and we had gone through fertility treatments to conceive. And it really was like the first time in my life that I was having to slow down. I couldn't go at the pace I was going at because my pregnancy was kind of a, a challenging pregnancy. And I went into labor and I mean, the the way that I was wired, I literally drove myself to the hospital. I, oh my gosh. I like while having contractions, I I'm got there. I'm not going to bring anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it was, it was crazy, but I just only had one setting, which was like go, you know, like yeah. I just had the go mode. I just knew how to work it. I was working my job like 50, 60 hours a week. And it was normal because I think also when you're training to be a division one athlete, when you're training to be a high level athlete, you're training to push past pain. Pain is just feedback that you're doing it right and that you need to keep going harder. And so that was my orientation to my life. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is hard. Then you just need to do more. I must be on the right track. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I drive to the hospital. I'm in labor. They're like, yeah, you're in labor. Like we're admitting you, this is going to happen. I pushed for four hours, which is insanely long time to try to labor a child out. That sounds exhausting. I've never experienced it, but it sounds yeah, exhausting. It was insane. And then I got wheeled into the operating room for an emergency C-section. And mm-hmm. within moments of them administering the the anesthesia and kind of laying me back down on the operating room table, I was not able to breathe. And I went unconscious. And I was in this space between motherhood and what I was now realizing was potentially my death. And this wasn't how I had planned for this to go. (laughs) Yeah. I had not planned for the day that I had dreamt of all my life becoming a mom to be the day that I died. Yeah. And so what was there and what I really discovered in the space between was that massive clarity about what it was I wanted to be doing in my life, which was which was coaching, which was writing books, telling my stories, helping others get free really stepping into the life that I was created for. And I just really wasn't living. I was kind of living it on the fringe, but not all the way out into the light in the ways that I knew that I was there for. Mm -hmm. And then this just profound sensation of appreciation and love and gratitude for the people in my life, my parents, my husband that were there. I had like an actual, you know, bird's eye view near-death experience and could see them and I could see myself. And I just had this total awakening moment. And the most beautiful part about it was that on the other side in the you know becoming conscious again what led me there was just surrendering and saying you know if this is and i said god and i'm not a christian and I'm, i have a very rich spiritual life but i don't identify with one specific religion mm-hmm. and at the time i really never even used the word god back then and i said in the space between god if this is your will for my life then okay you know i surrender and mm. i and i did and in that moment it was as if a light switch flipped on and i was back and anesthesiologist yelled to the surgeon and they started the procedure and it was like chaotic in there and then my daughter was born and she was perfect you know she was healthy wow. she was she was alive i was alive my husband was able to then come in and hold her for the first time and I didn't understand all of that in that operating room moment, but I knew something had shifted dramatically and it would take time for me to unpack that. 
And yeah. so, you know, I had I a, totally got chills when you said that you like came back and everything yeah. was okay. Wow. Everything was okay. Everything was okay. And I was like, I was different. And so I then had three months, three and a half months off to be on maternity leave, which was the first time in my life that I had stopped and stopped the chase and the pursuit because mm-hmm. as a division one athlete, I was always playing, always working, always training. Then I became a fitness competitor, always working, always training, always, you know, putting the food in the little Tupperware containers, you know, <laughs> yep. all that. And then I had this job where it required me to work nights and weekends. And I was always working with all these teams. I supported seven ticketed sports at a time there. And I slowed down. And now I was here with this baby who was like this little mirror looking back at me, like, what do you want for your life? You know, like you get to decide. And mm. And you haven't done anything wrong, but this is now your springboard and your opportunity to do it differently. And so eight months after Ani was born, I left my corporate job. I had one client who said yes, which I don't recommend. I recommend that, you know, maybe you'd have one or two or three or four yeah. <laughs> before you walk away from a 10-year career. Yeah. But by the grace of God, it was it was meant to be. And by the time I left, left, because I gave my notice and I stayed for another month to do some transition, I had four clients. And I've grown this business over the last five years ish, you know, four and a half years ish, and and have helped, you know, hundreds and thousands of women worldwide in in getting free and creating brands and businesses that really reflect the beat of their heart and what their mission is here on this planet. And I help them come home to themselves and to what's real. And yeah, strategy, structure, all that stuff. But we have to do the deep unpacking to understand why we are the way we are first. And then we can go and create the thing that's going to help you, yes, make a lot of money, but more importantly, make a really big impact. Mm, Yeah. I think, like you said, everything is based on knowing yourself first and like having that self-awareness and knowing, like, like you said, your, your mode before was go and do. And like, now I even, like I saw your Instagram story before we hopped on and you're like, I need to be this morning because you woke up feeling anxious and you, instead of jumping into work, like took a bubble bath and said, I need to practice being right now. And like, yes, you would never be able to make that decision from like a higher place if you weren't aware of yourself first and you would never be able to help other women if you didn't help yourself first. And I'm really curious, what is your Enneagram number? Three. (laughs) Same. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You're telling the story of being a college athlete. I was a college athlete of being a fitness competitor. I was a fitness competitor. I push through everything and do all the things and be all the things for everyone. And I'm like, wow. This is like, she's explaining my life right now. And so I'm a three. I so know. I know. Three. <laughs> we, are, we are wired together. And it and you know what? Here's the thing. Marie, we can do it all, but it doesn't mean we should. Yeah. Amen. Oh my gosh. I literally, I go to my therapist or I talk with her. I FaceTime her like a couple times a month and we always do great work together. But at the end of every session, I just can't help myself. I'm like, okay, what's my homework for like, yeah, I love homework section. I love homework so much. Like give me some journaling prompts or something. Let me draw a mind map. Like like, tell me what to do. And she's like, between our next session, I just want you to cry. And I'm like, what do you mean? I can't do that. But yeah, that's so funny. I like had such a strong feeling that you would be a three. And I think, again, you have such a crazy, incredible story. And I guess my like curiosity question following up is, do you feel like you would have experienced that same pivotal shift and like that switch flipping if you hadn't have had such a profound experience, like a near death or similar experience? 
That's a great question. You know, I love this metaphor that life gives you a feather, then it gives you a brick, and then it gives you a Mack truck. (laughs) And I had many feathers. I had many bricks. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was so stubborn. And I mean, I believe over time I would have gotten it, but it just would have taken a really long time. And so I'm really grateful for that experience because not only did I get an awesome baby out of it, but <laughs> I I got to really wake up fast. And you know, I think that the, there's one really important lesson that came from that near-death experience that I really want to share with everyone and anyone I ever talk to. And it's that what was there on that operating room table in the moment that I really truly believe that I was no longer going to live, that my life was going to end, that somehow my physical body was done here. The only thing that remained was this profound feeling of, of relaxation, of love, of gratitude, of just complete release. There was Mm -hmm. no fear. There was nothing left there. And so if that is what meets us when we die, if we're going to go all the way there, if that's how we feel truly when we die, then what the heck are we so afraid of while we're living? Mm, Yeah. Wow. That's so true. Having that feeling too, when you went to that place is like, you probably felt like, wow, I'm capable of tapping into that during my life too. Like, I don't have to wait until I literally almost die to feel like at peace and at home and in a state of flow and relaxation. Right. And now you kind of have that standard of like, this is how I can feel and this is how I want to like recreate my feeling in my day to day. I think that was probably gave you just so much perspective that you wouldn't have been able to really experience many other ways. Yes, exactly. So I'm super grateful for it. And I, my mission is just to share it with others in any way that I can so that maybe they can avoid having to have their own Mack truck moment. (laughs) Right. And it's like the saying is you'll keep being presented with an opportunity to learn a lesson until you learn it, but you have to be receptive to the lessons. And if you're so stuck in that doing mode or the go mode, it's really hard to sit back and like receive lessons when you're just trying to push all the time. Yep. Amen. Okay. So I'm really curious how you go about helping other women find what home is for them and come back to themselves. Like, What does that process look like and how can people start unlayering, especially if they're you know, maybe a type three or similar to us where they're always doing and going? How can they be and start unlayering? Mm, that's a great question. So The way it always starts is just by getting clear on what your big vision actually is and having the courage to say it out loud. You know, and I ask all of my potential clients and my current clients, what is your Beyonce level big vision? You know, (laughs) what is it that you want to welcome into your life? And then of course, as you know, right, you say that out loud. And I, and I also add the caveat that it should feel embarrassing. So if it's not that embarrassing, like just push it a little bit more, just like a little bit because that is going to get to the the heartbeat of what's really true for you. Mm. So I asked them to share that big vision in confidence and in a space that is really safe and intimate. And then from there, we ask the question, you know, well, what does your belief about the possibility of that big vision look like on a scale of one to five? And that information is always very telling. So I would ask your listeners just to think about that. A, pause and go grab your journal, sister, and write down, you know, what is my big Beyonce level vision? What do I want to welcome in? You know, insert your person here if it's not Beyonce. And 
And then what on a scale of one to five, five being super high, one being not so high, what is my belief in the possibility of that big vision happening? And therein lies the opportunity for some unpacking. So let's say that it's kind of like a three or if it's a two, then we get that inroad to say, well, why? You know, where did this come from? And I will work with my clients around all of the different zones of their lifetime and really getting into those stories. And for me personally, being a survivor of sexual abuse at at such a young age, that is a huge part of my story and part of my feelings of unworthiness and feelings of shame. Mm -hmm. And so just really understanding that that was an integral part of my life and it set a foundation and it influenced my relationships in every way, you know, all of my relationships, relationships with my parents and with future partners and in friendships. And it just, if I was showing up, not feeling like I was worthy well, how the heck am I going to, you know, say that I want to, you know, speak on stage and be a best-selling author and do yeah. all these things if I'm like I can't even ask for what I want at a restaurant. You know, I can't mm-hmm. even like order what I want off of a menu. Yeah. Or ask for a ride to the hospital when you're in labor cuz you don't want to burden anyone. <laughs> um, you you got me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the really the beginning piece because as you know, when you're building a business and it's a brand that is you, there is so much there that you have to move through. You know, when you're writing copy that are the words for what your business is about and what your vision is and how you can help people, if you don't really fully believe in yourself, if you don't really have that connection to your own worth and to your ability to serve in that way, and you're sort of still in that asking permission phase, well, we've got to move through that. And so we do a lot of deep work. It often feels like therapy for my clients, though I'm mm-hmm. not a therapist, but it's deep, dark chocolate stuff. We get all the way on in there. And And then it's like the weight that gets lifted in identifying where those blocks are from and why, you know, that there's a story about a parent that failed in in an entrepreneurial endeavor. And so I'm afraid that I'm going to do that too. Oh my gosh, I've never realized that I was carrying that with me. Yeah. And just going back, you know, it's like flashing back to to flash forward. And so we spend a lot of time on the timeline of of their lives. And then we get clear on what inspires them, what makes them excited, how they want to build their business. Because the other thing that I know you will get is that it's really easy to look around online and say, well, I want to build a business like Maria or like Amber or insert your person here. And that's cool for inspiration, but you have to create your own thing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a lot of confidence in who you are, well, it's going to be difficult to figure out what the heck you're actually going to create. Yeah. So we just spent a lot of time on that, on figuring out who are you, what makes you tick, what makes you excited, how do you serve best, what impact are you here to make? And then we craft it. We figure out which strategies are going to work best. You know, if you're someone who should have a podcast, or maybe you're someone who definitely needs to do live events, or the possibilities are completely endless and always so exciting. It's like, for me, each time I have the opportunity to work with a new client, it's like a beautiful little gift of surprise and magic that I get to unwrap and see, you know, what kinds of things we can create together. Yeah. I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of entrepreneurship is like you have this road with so many different forks in it and you can literally get anywhere that you want. But in order to get to like your dream destination, you have to know where you want to end up you have to know what the directions are. Like, do I want to take the fork on the left or the right? Like the left yeah. one is for live events. The right one is for one-on-one coaching. You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to have a sense of direction 
first. So I love that you really dive deep and like help your clients get in touch with like who they are, what their strengths are, because obviously they want to build on those, what their, you know, opportunities for growth are, what those limiting beliefs are. Because I mean, entrepreneurship is like a long term exercise in just taking off all of those limiting beliefs and giving yourself a constant pep talk and doing so many different things all at once. But it's such an exercise in personal development above Mm -hmm. all. Oh, yes. No question. Hey, hey, I've got to cut in for a second and remind you that if you're loving this episode as much as I am, you definitely want to be part of the Move, Nourish, Shine Collective. Move, Nourish, Shine is an eight-week group mentorship program that gives women all of the tools, strategies, and support they need to finally create their perfect healthy lifestyle and unlock the confidence that they have always craved. Move, Nourish, Shine includes workouts and nutrition guidance, yes, but it's so much more than that. It's a collective group of women who are all committed to digging deep, doing the work, and becoming the healthiest, happiest, most confident versions of themselves once and for all. This program is for the women who have tried it all, quote unquote. This is for the women who are tired of starting over and over and over with their goals. This is for the women who know that they have untapped potential just waiting to be brought out. And this is for the women who are ready to just cut through the overwhelm and ditch the excuses so that they can find their shine for good. After seeing the incredible transformations that are happening within the program, dozens of women have already joined up on this round and we are almost full. So if you're ready to apply or want to learn more, visit movenourishshine.com right away. I will leave a link in the show notes, but again, that is movenourishshine.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Once you kind of go through that process of going through their story, unpacking a lot of different things, what is usually a sign that you're like getting warmer when you're looking for their true purpose? Like what are some telltale signs or the opposite of a red flag, like a green flag (laughs) that you're in the right spot? Yeah. I mean, it's joy. It's just joy. And it's this knowing that, you know, it's the other one is like you kind of geek out, you Mm. know, when you're, when you're excited to create something and you're just time goes by really fast and you just get lost in it. And then you get kind of irritated with people you love because they're trying to pull you away from the thing you're super excited about and trying to create. It's that, it's that like sweet spot where you just are all encompassed and excited about it. And you feel your heartbeat faster. It's like that because here's the deal. And Abraham Hicks talks about this all the time. You know, the reason why we want the things we want or desire the things we desire is because we believe it's going to make our life better. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple. And so when you have that principle and you just realize, like, oh, okay, so that corporate job really served me up until a point. But then I realized that I was plugged into someone else's achievement system. I no longer really believed in and and was no longer on that path of pursuit. And it was starting to make me unhappy and resentful and all the things that I don't want to be. Great. So what makes me feel excited? And so I, I launched first a little photography business and I was doing portrait photography and, you know, babies and newborns and families. And then also I did a little bit of weddings. And there was a moment where I was shooting a wedding and I thought, I don't like doing this at all. This is literal torture. Mm. And I felt awful because I thought, 
man, this is someone's most special day. And I want to be so excited to be here right now and doing this. It's their most sacred day. You know, yeah. I don't want to take that from them. And so that was a pretty short-lived little path. And But it was a springboard into launching my brand coaching business. It was like I learned how to design the website and, you know, work on contracts and just all those logistical things. And it kind of led me down that path. And so I just kept following the breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. I just kept following the breadcrumbs to ways that I could serve and ways that I was making an impact on people and helping them. And it's evolved into, you know, what I do today, which is obviously coaching and mastermind programs and, and live events and, you know, all those kinds of things. And just being able to help women get really honest about what it is they want and then take action to create it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're following the breadcrumbs along the way asking like, does this one spark joy? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So for those listening, like I have a lot of women in their twenties listening to this. I have a lot of women who they have the inkling about that like big Beyonce dream. Maybe they fully let themselves go there like dreaming wise, or maybe it's just kind of this little blip on their radar somewhere. But how do you have your clients and how did you keep showing up for your big vision back before you had any proof that it was legit? Like you put in your notice for your full-time job and you had one client, you didn't have proof yet that it would be successful. So how can you keep showing up before you have proof? Yeah, such a good question. And it's so terrifying, right? It's like our ego just wants to like Pac-Man us to death (laughs) and tell us like you cannot do it. So I, I had support, Marie. I had a coach and I was in a program and I wasn't trying to do it by myself. Mm. And I think that's it. You know, like guys, we can't do this alone. And so I realized I had to be congruent with this notion that if I was going to ask people to invest in themselves to work with me, well, then I better be investing in myself to get the support that I needed on my journey to be the best coach and and support system that I could be. Mm -hmm. So I had help, you know, I had help and, and it helped with my faith and I was just persistent. I knew that I was able to provide support and I got lots of feedback from people. I I did free coaching sessions to start and I would ask at the end, you know, was this helpful? What was the most useful part of this work that we've just done? And, and I, in one of those questions that I asked, the gal said, my first client, Melissa, she said, it was so amazing. You said things to me that my $10,000 mastermind has never said to me or pointed out to me about my brand and about my business. And I would really love to work with you. What does that look like? And you know, I was, I was like, hilarious. I just went, you, you want to work with me? You do? Um, okay. So, um, and I was just totally spastic and I got it out and I told her what my package was and she was my first client. And it was like this huge blessing and this huge opportunity for me to recognize that this was going to work. And so those little wins, that was a big one, but like even just the people who wanted the free sessions felt like wins. And I will tell you, I mean, I, my husband, I can remember this, my office at the time was in the living room of the house we used to live in. And we had this like landing and he was up on the landing, putting our, bringing our baby up for a nap. And I'm on this call with this woman for the free calls. She comes on and she's like legit in her bed. (laughs) She like just woke up. She keeps, she's like, Oh, hold on. I got to go let the dog out. Oh my God. And I'm like trying to have a session with her. I mean, I was leading a group call once and I had a gal in another time zone come on and she was like half naked on the call. I I had some moments, you know, they were not glamorous, but they were part of leading to now. And I just kept at it and I just stayed persistent and I just kept creating content and trying to help and inspire. And one heartbeat at a time, I've welcomed in clients and followers and, and people in, in my groups. And 
it's just like I've always kept my focus on the impact that I can make one person at a time, not looking at it from this en masse perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, with so many great leaders in entrepreneurship, in whatever field, whoever's listening is in, like not all of my listeners are necessarily entrepreneurs, but whatever field you're in or whatever space you're in, there's always going to be kind of those leader people that you look to as like, oh, they've made it. And it's so easy to see the space between where you are and where they are as like this impossible distance. But it's so important to remember that like they were once exactly where you are too. And like, they didn't have the perfect first step, like everyone's first podcast, everyone's first video, everyone's first post, everyone's first day on the job. Like it's probably messy. It's probably not great. Like your first coaching session, it was super valuable for her, but it probably wasn't nearly as good as your sessions now. And you just have to start and remember like your bigger vision is to serve people and make their lives so much better. So it would be selfish to not do it, right? Like that's one of the things I always remind my business clients is like, you have to put your offer out there because if you don't, you are letting down the people who would benefit from it. Like you have such a big gift, such big vision. How can you not share it? Yes. Cheers. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So with your type three self, with your doer self, I know personally that it's like so hard to manage your energy and really be in that space. And as an entrepreneur, like one of your main jobs is to like manage your energy, right? And take care of yourself. So what are some of your non-negotiables in your daily routine? And this can be for entrepreneurs or for anyone. Like what are your non-negotiables that help you show up and shine for yourself and for the people that you care about? Hmm. I meditate in some capacity every day. Now, as a mom of a five-year-old who literally like the moment that I open my eyelids in the morning, she wakes up. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's 5 a.m., 4 a.m., 3 a.m., or 10 a.m., she will wake up. So we're like so connected. I just give myself the grace on not having a really rigid morning routine, but I am actually an introvert and I have to have that alone time to go check back in with myself and have that daily conversation to journal out a little bit, mm-hmm. to listen to my music and just stretch, you know, and just kind of like listen to whatever my body's asking for. So like today it said, yo, um, I needed some help. Like we're going to have to pull up some bigger work today. <laughs> so it was a bath, which is not very common. It sounds very luxurious, but it was, it was what needed to happen today. Yeah. And it's today I've had, this is my sixth call today. Mm. So that's not common for me to have that many calls, but we're just in a season right now, especially with my live event happening at the end of April, that my days are just really full. And I work in a window of time that is while my child is at school Mm -hmm. and she only goes to school for like three hours a day. So you can do the math on that one. Yeah, I'm hustling it when when she's not here because I really want to be present with her as much as I possibly can because that's the whole point. It's the reason why I created my business in the first place was to be present for myself and for the people that I love mm-hmm. and to not miss the moments that I can't get back, like my child's childhood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that's the focus. I work out with a trainer a few times a week, which has been an awesome upgrade to add to my life and just having someone else kind of take the accountability for me in terms of like telling me what to do and I just show up and do it. Mm-hmm. And 
I connect to my my girlfriends. I have a couple amazing soul sisters that are like daily chatters and I use the Voxer app and we just check in and, and support each other. And it's really amazing. You know, and I, I eat well, I'm vegetarian, mostly vegan-ish and I just take care. I listen to what my body needs and I give that to her, whether that's going for a walk or run out in nature or going out for a kayak, for a paddle on the lake that we live on or whatever. But I'm a person, I wonder if this is similar for you too. Like I really hate being told what to do. (laughs) I I want to like do it my way. Yeah. I was going to say, it's really refreshing to hear someone that doesn't have like a 10 step morning routine I that don't. like has to be the same every single day. Cause that, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I can't, it feels like wearing handcuffs. So yeah. I just wake up and I'm, I mean, first thing is gratitude and letting the light in and taking care of my sweet pets and kissing my baby and snuggling her. And it's like, that's it. That's all. And every one of those things, I'm super devotional and super present with it. And then I go take time, you know, and I pop my kid in front of like Paw Patrol or something. And I I say this to moms and probably not too many moms listening, but I say this to them, you know, don't feel guilty about taking care of yourself. You're going to be better for your family. And, Mm -hmm. And I always say to my daughter, I'm going to meditate to feel great. And because they know. I said, what happens when mommy doesn't meditate? Or <laughs> I use the word meditate, like visualize. Sometimes it's just journaling. Yeah. But it's like that spacious time with whatever I need for my own personal conversation. But she's like, if you don't meditate, mama, you go, you're crazy. <laughs> and she's right. I am. I'm yeah. a Looney Tune. So I have to do that going inward thing every day. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's super refreshing. Like I said, to have like kind of just holding space for yourself to be like, hey, self, what do you need today? And like, tuning in instead of having that to-do list to check off for your routine because I feel like that would be my first tendency, but it actually can make me feel worse because I look at this to-do list as like, oh, it's just more stuff on my plate instead of like the whole point of it is being able to take care of you and kind of recenter. So that's really refreshing to hear. And as far as meditation goes, how has it really change the way you approach things and what approach to meditation have you found works best for you in terms of like, are there specific journaling prompts? Are there specific things that are like your go-tos? Because meditation is something that I have not been able to stick to. Like I've tried the things, I've tried the apps, Mm. I've tried, you know, and so I'm curious what you've found to work for you since it seems like our personalities are super similar. You know, I think the first and foremost is I give myself permission to just do whatever it is I need to do. Mm. And so one of the questions that has served me really well is is just simply closing my eyes. And I put on like an instrumental music. I have a couple different playlists and just instrumental. It doesn't have to be like even of any kind of like meditative styling. Sometimes it's just like piano, you know, like yeah. instrumental or something like that. And I and I close my eyes and I just open, I say, you know, what does my soul need today? What do I need to hear today? Mm -hmm. And I just wait, you know, I just sit there and I just wait for the message to come through. And it comes pretty quickly. Usually it's typically of the flavor, like chill the bleep out, (laughs) dude. Yeah, You know, like take a, like, it might be like breeze. It might be like, everything's going to be okay. It might be it might be trust, you know? And and so I just ask for that message to come through by connecting to spirit in whatever way feels right. Mm-hmm. And I let myself receive it. And I, and I think it's a practice and I think it's a little bit of a muscle building thing. I often find that I get distracted yeah. from the voices and other people telling me what to do <laughs> in a meditation. And so I just give myself the grace to just like kind of let it be a creative thinking exercise. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely try to be more just like open to receiving instead of trying to do it a certain way because I think that's where I get stuck. But one thing that I love doing, which sounds kind of similar, is in my journal, the last prompt that I use is what does my highest self say today? And like, it's kind of similar. It's like, what do I need to hear today? And no matter what, even if I'm like, oh, I, I have nothing. Like I just put my pen to paper and somehow something always comes out and somehow it's always what I need to hear. And it's just so interesting that when you're willing to receive and really tune in, like there's always something. You're so wise. I love that. Beautiful. (laughs) I read uh, The Four Agreements when I was like 16. I loved how you said The Four Agreements earlier because that was like really the catalyst for like self-awareness and like understanding other people and stuff. And so I had like kind of an early start for this, this sort of stuff. Mm, I love it. Yeah. I, and it's and it shows Thank and you. it totally shows. I wish I was at that point <laughs> at your age and stage. And so it's yeah. just so inspiring. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I want to switch gears and kind of wrap our chat into a complete package and talk about fear a little bit because I think fear is obviously one of the number one things that keeps women from pursuing that big Beyonce dream. So where do you see fear playing the biggest role in women's lives and what do they tend to be the most fearful of? Mm. You know, I think that what I see so often with my clients is they get hung up on how, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how, I don't know how to do it. And so because they don't have it all figured out because we can't control it, then it's easier to just not do it at all. And, you know, one of the things I love to share as an analogy is like, think of something that was really hard in your lifetime Mm -hmm. that you didn't know how to do, but you did it, you know, like literally like remember moving into your dorm room in college, that was so overwhelming. Like you have all this stuff and you navigate elevators and all these people and it's so hot and, uh, you know, like, how am I going to do that? You know, it's like so, so traumatic. You know, the other analogy, the classic is childbirth. I mean, Every time I share that in a room with mothers, they just laugh because they know you have no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, just even the pain that you're going to feel. I remember being so curious about what does childbirth pain feel like? Like literally, what flavor of pain am I going <laughs> to experience on the day I have my kid? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you guys that are listening now that want to be mom someday. It feels like you're basically having all of your periods at the same time that you've ever had in your oh entire my life. God. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully it doesn't scare anybody from wanting to have a kid. But also I was like, okay, well, there's some familiarity there. So I can do this, you know, like I can do this. And I also have no other choice because somehow that kid's got to come out. So I think that we stop ourselves because we don't know how. I think that we are so invested in what our perception of what other people think that we don't even try. And we create stories and fairy tales in our minds about what mom or dad or partner or boss or friend or insert your person here is going to say or think about me if I do that or if I go for that. And so we just will use every excuse in the book to not do it. And we'll say, oh, I don't have enough money or I don't have enough time or whatever. You know, I don't have enough Instagram followers, Mm -hmm. like whatever your thing is, I'm not going to try that. But it's really because you're just afraid and you're using sort of a faulty foundation for how you're living your life in looking at what other people's approval systems are in order to give you permission to pursue your true passion. Mm. And so I catch myself in these things with new stuff all the time. And I also catch it with just old lessons that I get to keep learning until I've, I've got them. 
But, you know, coming full circle to the beginning of our conversation, I just have to be reminded of the notion that if the dream is in me, it's for me. And all of the most important, sacred, challenging, crazy things in my life, I started without knowing how to do it. And somehow I figured it out. And why would this situation, insert what yours is here, be any different? Mm, yeah. Everything is figure outable. Yeah. Yeah. Marie Forleo. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I love that quote. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, I feel like this is probably a good place to wrap up because there are a million and one more things that we could like talk about here, but I'm sure people want to see what else you have going on. So where can they find you and what are the different offers and like ways for them to work with you? Thank you. So I'm on Instagram at Amber Liliestrom, on the web at amberliliestrom.com. And really, I have mastermind programs that are just really intimate, sacred containers to come in and get support in the way of, of me helping you personally. Uh, and then also plugging in with a tribe of incredible women who have big dreams and big visions and lots of experience and just working with them in the process of birthing your dream, which all of my mastermind experiences include live events as well, because I believe so much in the power of coming together and Mm -hmm. being together and creating physical experiences that we take with us on our journey. I have a program called Master Your Money Mind, where I help women with their money mindset. I wrote a book called Master Your Money Mind as well. I have an academy. I just, yeah, I got, I created many things. So you can just go over to amberlotion.com. I have a quiz over there about your finding your core purpose and deciding if your work actually aligns with that right now on your journey. Yeah. So just head on over to amberlilisham.com and just have fun looking around at all of the pictures. And I share a bit about more about my story there. And I would love to connect with you guys on DM if this interview resonated for you as well. Yeah. Perfect. Guys, please screenshot your phone right now, assuming you're listening on your phone, but take a screenshot, post it up on your Instagram story, take Amber and I, and let us know like what your biggest takeaway from this episode was. That's like my favorite thing ever. And I'm always sure to share your story out with my people too. But Amber, we have like two more questions before we wrap up. Number one, please introduce us to your pets because I hear that you're a crazy cat lady. (laughs) Yes, I am. Okay. So we have our sweet little dog, Nika, who is a Alaskan Klikai, which is basically like a mini husky. Oh, cute. She's super cute. And then we have four cats. So yes, crazy cat lady. (laughs) We have Mew, M-E-W, Mew, who is a Cornish Rex and he's awesome. And then we have three Himalayans. Trinket, Oliver, and Ozzy. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. I have a cat and a dog, but I know that you always like to ask your podcast guests, so I thought I would take a page out of your book. (laughs) And then last but not least, this is a Grinding Be Grateful podcast, so I always ask my guests this. What is one thing that you're currently grinding toward and working really hard for? And what is one thing that you are hugely grateful for? I am working really hard for my, I I don't know when this is going to go live, but it doesn't matter. Just going to say it. My live event, the Ignite Your Soul Summit, the last week in April of this year here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, we have 400 women coming in from all over the world Wow! to be, yeah, to be present at this venue, the music hall, which is basically like my dream venue and it's actually happening. And It blows my mind. It takes my breath away to even think about it, but I just cannot wait to serve on that stage and to give the stage over to my friends and speakers that are going to be coming in as well to help this audience. And it's just busy and fast and furious with all of the logistics of pulling together an event of this scale, Mm -hmm. which is doubling it from last year for me. And, And so I'm pushing myself to a whole 
another level and I'm feeling all of my feelings with it. And <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, so it's just, it's beautiful and it's beautiful and it's everything in between. <laughs> Love it. And then hugely grateful. I'm grateful for the women in my life and you're part of that power posse now too, Marie. It's Thank that yeah. I have this gift of getting to know and connect intimately with really brave women. And I know that we just give each other strength and we encourage each other to rise in the biggest way. And having that power posse, I just wouldn't be able to do what I do, you know, to be able to call a sister up and just like fall apart, you know, and say, I like, mm-hmm. I need help. I'm really struggling today or do the same thing for her, get on a plane to go speak on her stage and have her on my podcast to talk about what she's working on and just literally live that out, you know? And the fact that I've had, I have seven calls today. What yeah. I can tell you is, Every single one of those conversations has been with an amazing man or woman. I spoke with some other, some gentlemen today too, but that are just like really brave and going for it and sharing their platforms and their message and their mission in such a beautiful way. And so I think that, you know, the world that we get to work in is just such a, it's so aligned with how I want to live my life. And I'm just profoundly grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And I want to commend you on doing seven calls in a day because as a fellow introvert, I know that that's like a lot, a it's lot a to lot. agree to. <laughs> Very not normal for me. Usually it's like yeah. three, but yeah. you know, hey, mama's got to work today. So we're going for it. <laughs> yeah. I do this thing where I stack all of my phone calls and interviews on the same day, which like once it's over, it's great. But <laughs> during it, it feels like a social marathon, you know? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I forgot to eat. And now I want to share that Insta story of them tagging and, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's like, also it's just abundance. And I think going back to one of the questions you asked earlier, because, you know, we're so focused on our energy. I feel as energized talking to you right now, as I did on my first call at nine 30 this morning. Mm-hmm. And I feel really good. I've been drinking water all day. I, I nourished myself in my breaks and I have incredible energy all the time in my life. And it, it didn't used to feel that way. So yeah. I'm also profoundly grateful for that. Amazing. Well, Amber, thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom with us today. Guys, please go show Amber some love. Again, screenshot this episode and let us know what you took away from it. But Amber, thank you again for being here with us today. And I will talk to you all soon. Thank you, Marie. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave a short review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. This show is for you. So your feedback matters. Plus it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind to be grateful, my friends. Thank you.